Hello everybody and welcome back to What the Rock, the Edge of the Crowd's dedicated Aussie Rules podcast where we discuss and dissect the latest in the Aussie Rules world. My name is Danny Brown and today I'm joined by the lovely Ellie McMurney. How are you going Ellie? How, how are we feeling about the past week of the um, men's AFL? Um, not good for me and the doggies. Um, a few injuries and didn't like um, the result against Port Adelaide in Adelaide. Um, but yeah, all in all was pretty good pretty good weekend of footy um and great to be back after a few weeks off and obviously I missed the um episode after the um dogs beat the bombers I I tell you what when when you said that you couldn't record the the relief that rushed through my body I was like thank goodness I don't have to be subject to Ellie's torment for the whole episode it was great so, um, yeah, you didn't miss very much. Um, I'm sure you're ruining that or missing that opportunity, but um, I, I'm not going to say there may be other opportunities because I hope there isn't. <laughs> I mean, um, first twice this season, do we? I don't think so, but I mean, finals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can dream. I can dream. So can I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could battle it out in the in the bottom half of finals yeah it was like a there should be like a top half and a bottom half that do finals like you know how aflw used to have the conferences it's yeah. like just do the opposite just have conferences for finals <laughs> amazing anyway we are getting off topic here it has been like ellie said an interesting round of footy we had some pretty big score blowouts and we had some pretty close ones um so that is what we are going to look into this uh this episode um but we will have a bit of a theme as well but that is something else we'll dive into later um but as we do every week we're going to start off with clangers and hangers it's it's everyone's favorite segment uh this is judged by us hosts we're saying it's our favorite segment um please tell us if it's your favorite segment because we quite frankly love it um, it's also our only segment as well. Hey, no, quick fire tips. Oh, Come good, on. Good point. <laughs> True. Good. Uh, but yes, everyone loves a hanger. Nobody likes a clanger. Ellie, hit me with your clanger and hanger. All right, so um, spice things up. Let's get um, my hanger this week is obviously um, dust, dust, Dusty Returns. Um, it's been a while between last time we saw the number four in the yellow and black, obviously after he took some personal leave and I believe spent some time up in Sydney. Um, but after returning to Hunt Road Oval a couple of weeks ago, um, he was back into the team this week. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to attend that game live and it was just good seeing Dusty out there and really enjoying his footy and I think it was 23 disposals and two goals. So not bad for someone who hasn't played footy for um a month, a month or two. So yeah, great to see him back out there. Like he hadn't skipped a beat. <laughs> <laughs> My clanger this week. Um, so it was, I believe, the end of the third quarter. Um, it erupted same game, the Collingwood Richmond game. Ryan Mansell sort of um, from the Tigers sort of had a late hit um, on Jack, on Collingwood's Jack Ginevan. Um, obviously not something you want to see in the game, um, but the social media comments afterwards um, in the comments of a post, I think it was either from Fox 40 or 7 AFL, 
um, people were commenting like um, things like not condone, not um, saying it was a good thing, but saying things like um, he should have done it harder and things like that. And um, and then Ryan Mansell obviously copped, a, copped some hate for the hit. So um, people targeted his Instagram and then so he's privated that. But now they've gone um, and started targeting his girlfriend, which is not something we want to see in footy. Yuck. Where do people get off doing that kind of stuff? Like, it's almost as if the social media and digital age has just made people forget that there are actual real-life people behind these accounts. Like, does my head in? Yeah, some some people just need to... It's, it's obviously more than a game, so people need to sort of... To tone it down as as though people can get caught up in the moment. It's not something that we um do want we do want to see. So Ryan Mansell was did get a one week one week suspension, um, classified as intentional contact, low impact and high contact. So it was classified as a one match suspension as a first offense as a first offense. So the one match sanction is from an early plea. Right. Hmm. Well, there were some pretty interesting uh, shows at the tribunal. We obviously had Paddy Cripps as well um, with with his bump on, I want to say, Murphy? Was it Lockie Murphy that he hit? Uh, yeah, he... Um, yeah, Lockie uh, Murphy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought. I should have <laughs> myself. I'm a bit smarter than I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, busy week for the um, the tribunal, but... Um, if we go back to your hanger, Dusty Martin, um, now there was a bit of talk uh, around his return and his um, appearances or lack thereof in the media. Um, a lot of, uh, shall we say, prominent media figures were saying, why isn't Dusty talking to us? Um, you know, it's it's his role as a football player and as someone in the spotlight to be talking to us. So what do we think about uh, Dusty not being um, present in terms of talking to media? Like there were so many prominent media figures saying, why isn't he talking to us? Like it's his role as an AFL player to, to talk to us and tell us his story. Is he obligated to do that? I, I have a very strong opinion on this, but I would like to hear yours first, Ellie. No, I don't think he is. Um, he's paid to play football and as much as the um, media sort of think that, um, you know, everyone's got an obligation to do media at some point, it's not. Um, I think it's he's been in the system for probably, I want to say, 10 or so years now. Um, and he's probably made it clear by the lack the lack of media appearances to this date that um, it's not something he's very keen on um, or comfortable with. So you sort of see the ones that he does, it's um, with, it's not those, there's the occasional post-match, but it's the ones, I think it's with the media that he sort of trusts and um, likes. So I think, um, yeah, he doesn't, he's a, what, one Brownlow medalist and a, three-time Norm Smith medalist, if I've got that correct. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I think, um, yeah, just let him enjoy his footy. Yeah, I am I am with you on that, Ellie. Um, I think that he should be able to do whatever he likes. Like you said, he's not paid to play footy. Um, and 
why should these people have access to him when we all know they're going to ask the same questions? Like it's, it just draws out speculation and, you know, they all just want the same clickbait headlines. And I tell you what, I've watched some of these pre-match, post-match shows um, and just general footy shows. And I, I feel uncomfortable watching them. Like I can't imagine what it would be like to be a guest on there because I just feel so uncomfortable watching, you know, some of the things they say is a bit outdated and I know they try to appeal to that, you know, that certain demographic, but um, I I just feel like it's so, it gets so personal and so intimate and that's just not something that should be broadcast on national TV. Like give the guys some privacy and let the ones who want to talk, talk. That's up to them. I think it's their own prerogative. Um, and I get the idea that, you know, fans, particularly members, may expect to get certain access to certain players because they're paying to support the club directly. Um, and that's a fair argument, I guess. But that's where you get, you know, your training sessions, your meet and greets, all those kinds of things where they can do that. Um, yeah, that's I, I, I very much agree with what you're saying. I think we're on the same page here. Um, yeah, let's just let's just say that with social media, you have unprecedented access to um, athletes, and we should be happy with that, like satisfied with that. And I think you see now, um, just touching back on your point about the footy shows, you see when players now do play do media appearances, they're sort of steering away from those footy shows. I think Kristen Petrarca from Melbourne's a regular guest on the Jason Lawrence show here in Melbourne. Um, which is on KISS FM um, in the mornings, um, which I've seen some, they've pulled quite a few pranks on him and it's been quite hilarious. Um, but, yeah, um, and then I think Jaden Hunt from Melbourne back uh, a few years ago, um, instead of going on the footy shows, he went on, I think it was talking about your generation when they brought it back for that brief stint on Channel 9. So, yeah, they're sort of starting to veer away from um, the regular guest appearances on those um tv shows but yeah yeah I 100% agree with your point there um yeah glad we're on the same page with that because I feel very strongly about it um now my clanger and hanger um I will go with my hanger first um and that is something that I only discovered just recently which is called the Carlton Draft which is where a bunch of retired AFL legends have been put forward to play for struggling Victorian clubs um just you know your local league clubs um this year uh there are eight players eight AFL players former AFL players, let's get that term right, um, who, who are up for the draft. Um, we had Jared Ruffhead, Eddie Betts, Sean Burgoyne, Dale Thomas, Nathan Jones, Brennan Goddard, Alex Rance and Cam Mooney all up for selection. And that more than 500 clubs applied to be part of this. And why wouldn't you, obviously? Um, but it is for like uh, clubs that are facing um, social or financial hardship, all those kinds of situations. So um, we actually have Alex Rance, the former Richmond superstar, playing for Campbell's Creek in Central Victoria this weekend. Um, so he will be um, pulling on that Guernsey. Um, he's 32. And, like, we've seen him coaching at um, Essendon. Um, so he is still very much involved with the game. 
Um, but yeah, the the Magpies there are sitting bottom of the ladder um, and are playing against the third place Molden um, in a home game on Saturday. So um, <laughs> Alex Rance said, I've had a look at Campbell's Creek's last few games and there was a 127 point loss. So I might have to play down back. <laughs> so um, yeah, we never know. Um, he might he might end up forward though and just have a rest in the goal square. But um, yeah, I think that's a really cool initiative, um, obviously sponsored by um, a certain brewery. Um, but yeah, great initiative and um, what a way to build crowds out, of, out at local footy too. Um, my, my clanger is, uh, Essendon related, unsurprising. Um, okay. I don't get why the players were told not to smile at training. Like, okay. I get that they haven't had the best start to the season, but you know, just because it's their job and they're doing poorly, it doesn't mean they can't enjoy themselves. I don't know about you, Ellie, but I find myself most successful when I'm enjoying myself, when I'm relaxed, when I'm having fun. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bugbear for me. I got very frustrated when I heard those sort of sentences being thrown around. Um, but I love the way that Dyson Heppel, the captain, has um, has handled it. Um, he said in a press conference today, we're recording on Tuesday. He said in a conference today. I heard it secondhand. I didn't see much of it, but people send a couple of things through. Genuine carry on from a lot of people. Are you going to tell your kids or wife to stop smiling because they've had a bad day at work? Um, you still get around your teammates, you celebrate them and try to enjoy this environment and bounce back out of it. And I couldn't agree more. I loved post-match when he was saying that the people who said these comments can jam it. And I was like, yes, yes, sir. I'm also add, adding that phrase to my vocabulary. So, um, yeah, I, I was glad that Essendon could get the win and have something proper to smile about to satisfy those. I'm not even going to call them critics because it wasn't even a critique. So, anyway, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I'll get bogged down in this forever um, so yeah I mentioned earlier that we're having a little bit of a theme um, in terms of rivalries that are coming up this weekend um, one of them is Essendon versus Sydney now there are a couple of moments that stand out for us um, in this rivalry it isn't really like one of those solid um, solid battles that we know and love in the history of the game but Ellie, tell me what you love about the Essendon versus Sydney rivalry and yeah, something that stands out to you in past games. So yeah, I think they're both these two um, rivalries we've got here. They're not really those prominent ones like the Collingwood, Carlton, but they're um, sort of those modern rivalries that we um, really love to see. So um, yeah, Essendon v Sydney, there's been quite a few really good clashes. Um, and one of them... Quite a bizarre moment at the end of the game, um, known as Postgate. I think they were calling it Dane Rampey, obviously climbing up the post um, to, yeah, distract the, um, the Essendon forward who was going for goal. So, um, and he missed. So, and there was quite a bit of a stir up because apparently in the rule book it says that um, it's a 50 metre penalty, which wasn't, it wasn't paid. Um, but yeah. And Sydney went on to win the game. So, yeah, it was quite a fascinating moment of the game. And I don't think we'll see anything quite like it again. 
Yeah, um, definitely. And it was like in the dying moments of the game. So no wonder the um, the fans got a bit uh, narky about it because, yeah, it could have uh, could have swayed uh, the result. But, yeah, I do vividly remember that and wondering what the hell kind of penalty you get for that. Um, he was fined, I think, wasn't he? I think so. Don't yeah. on it, but I think so. <laughs> yeah, bizarre regardless. Um, and yeah, we have a moment from Gary Rowan as well. Um, do you want to talk about this one as well? Because you've written it on the sheet. Yeah, um, it was, I believe, 30 seconds ago. And I know in my local footy, the one rule is when you're kicking out in the dying second, you don't go straight up the middle because obviously it's within the danger zone. But I think it was like 20 seconds left on the clock. Sydney just missed. There were five or so points down, so a goal would have won them the game. Um, Brendan Goddard, who was a reliable defender back in his day, went to kick the um, kick out and, of course, went straight up the middle um, instead of bombing it out um, on the wing. So, obviously, in comes Gary Rowan, who's marked it, and 40 metres in front of, I believe it was about 20 to 30 metres in front of goal, so there was no way he was going to miss it. Um, and he didn't, and Sydney won the game heartbreaking that rips my heart out (laughs) not fun um yeah I remember watching that and just yeah like as as a defender myself I watched Brendan Goddard do that I okay I have a massive soft spot for Brendan Goddard just for what he did when he came to Essendon and uh, that that shattered my heart I was like mate I trusted you with this and you've just gone and blown it (laughs) (laughs) now we've lost the game thanks very much (laughs) and not to you know rest the game on um, one person's shoulders but uh, I think that one was avoidable (laughs) yeah oh well and then there's another modern rivalry that's coming up this weekend as well Collingwood versus the Dockies um there has been a bit of player movement between these two clubs which makes it a little bit interesting um particularly recently um, Ellie, you are a Bulldogs fan. Um, how do you see this rivalry? What does it mean to you? So there's a bit of more than just um, a bit more than just the four points at stake in my household. So me, my me and my dad are doggy supporters, but my mum and my two other sisters, uh, well, mum and one of my sisters are Collingwood supporters. And but you used to be a Collingwood supporter. Yeah, I <laughs> um, did. And, and then. Um, and then my other sister, she calls herself a bull pie. So she's in the middle um, and likes to stir crap up um, whenever she can. Um, so, yeah, a few play movements over recent years. Obviously, um, probably the most infamous one was the trade um, with Adam Trelaw coming to the Bulldogs um, at the end of the 2020 season for 2021. Obviously, over the 2021 off season, we had Pat Lipinski go from Bulldogs to Collingwood. And then obviously a few years back, we had Travis Cloak, um, obviously legend for Collingwood, make the move back to, um, make the move down to Witten Oval. Um, and then the same season that Adam Trelaw went over, we had, um, it was the season that Trav Varco retired. So he made the switch from Collingwood to Bulldogs in a development coach role. So, um, yeah, they've um, put on a few stunning clashes in recent years. So 
and I'm guessing with the way that they're placed on the leather, um, Friday night's going to be no different. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'm keen to see how it goes in terms of uh, Collingwood in the ruck. They've got um, a few injuries there, um, but their their midfield machine is pretty well-oiled, um, so I'm sure they will uh, pick up scraps there. Um, where do you think the game will be won? I think up forward. Um, I think... Um, both teams probably have the same issue um, and it's going into the forward line. Um, obviously, the dogs try and bum it long to Aaron Norton and it doesn't work. And similar to um, Collingwood, they just bomb it into the 50 and hope for the best. Um, so whoever takes um, makes the most of their opportunities will um, come away with the win. But um, looking like Alex Keaton should coming back in for the doggies, which is some much needed relief after a few injury concerns um, last Friday night. Yeah, for sure. The last time um, the doggies and the magpies faced off was in March last year and the doggies won by 16 points. So hopefully it's another close game like that and uh, it's an enjoyable one as well. And the doggies win. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we will also have some pretty big milestones happening this weekend. Um, there is a fair amount, um, so we'll quickly run through them. This is all obviously pending selection. Uh, the highest milestone is Jack Redden from West Coast playing his 250th game. Um, Ellie, can you give me one thing that you love about Jack Redden real quick? Um, yeah, he's obviously been in a period... Um... Yeah, sort of uncertainty during, um, especially especially um, in recent times, um, it's been a real key in their um, key cog and obviously um, really solid since making the move across from the Lions. So, um, yeah, all-round great player for the Eagles. And he and his wife, Amy, have just announced that they're expecting their third child together. So that's a cute little way to celebrate. Um, now we have Chad Wingard from Hawthorne, hopefully playing his 200th game. He was meant to do it on the weekend, just gone, but fell ill just beforehand. So, um, I'm very stoked for Chad. Uh, he and I grew up together, um, in little old Murray Bridge. Um, so props to you, Chad. And I'm also stoked for, oh, captain, my captain, Dyson Heppel from Essendon, who will be playing his 200th as well. Uh, then we have Nathan Wilson from Frio and Aaron Hall from North Melbourne playing their 150th games. On 100 games this weekend, we have Dean Kent from St Kilda, Kyle Langford from Essendon, that one's been a long time coming, and Sam Petrevsky-Seaton from West Coast. And then 50 games, we've got Griffin Logue from Fremantle and Jack Petricelli from West Coast. And then 50 club games, we have Dan Butler from St Kilda, Taylor Jure from West, Western Bulldogs, Brad Hill from St Kilda, Matthew Kennedy from Carlton and Ed Langdon from Melbourne. So all the best to those boys in their milestone games this weekend. Hopefully you'll get to play them this weekend so we're not reading your name out again next week. <laughs> Um, yeah, poor, poor, um, poor Chad Wingard, a bit of a extremely late out um, for the, in his, what was meant to be his milestone game against um, Essendon last week. Um, so hopefully he's all better from illness now and can come back in. But I believe that you've come up against Chad in a certain sport that away from the footy field. 
I have, um, and it wasn't much fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so back, like, I want to say 10 years ago-ish, um, I was playing social netball um, back in my hometown of Murray Bridge, and he was also playing um, in the opposing team, unfortunately. He was uh, goal attack, and I was goalkeeper, um, the goal shooter was also Ali Wilson, who plays, who has been in the WNBL system for over a decade. So we had no chance. Um, two very skilled players. Um, and yeah, netball isn't even their chosen sport and they just dominated it. So that was very frustrating. <laughs> um, but yes, they, um, they are lovely people. So it's hard to hate them for, for their um, demolishing moments on the Neville Court. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming um, Chad can find the Neville goals just as easily as he can find the ones on the footy field. Yeah, um, and do you know how he does it? He bloody lays up but only takes one step. It's like, you know, he he somehow jumps half the height of the netball post and almost, like, just slam dunks it because he's also a really good basketballer. He could have gone to footy or basketball. And so instead he's just, like, got the hops from footy and the slam dunk from basketball, combine the two, and it's like, I'm a 164-centimetre goalkeeper. This <laughs> this would be unfair <laughs> if you were just standing there and shooting, let alone doing these jumps. <laughs> but no, very happy for him. Um, yeah, we I've seen him go from not being able to get a game at Sturt to obviously playing for Port Adelaide and now on to the Hawks, very settled in really well. Um, so all the best for this weekend, Chad. And... That pretty much wraps up what we've got time to chat about. Um, anything else you want to bring up or shall we go to quick fire tips? Just one quick thing. Um, obviously, I haven't been on the pod for the last three weeks. So local footy is back for um, my shark girls. Um, we're currently undefeated and three out of the four games we won by 100 plus points. So been quite a good season. Um yeah, we can't, and then we're coming up, up against the um, one of the other top teams in a couple of weeks. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we can claim top spot in the over the next fortnight. Mate, I saw your percentage. It is in the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? And then second place is literally a actually... couple of hundred. <laughs> yeah, so I think our percentage actually went down because it was like. 3,200 or something a few weeks ago. But because this was the second time out of the four games that, um, yeah, so this game was the most we've had scored against us um, and it was 29 points. Um, previously, we've had seven and two zeros. So wow. <laughs> That's wild. What a team. Yeah. What position do you play? Oh, I'm not playing this season. My knee's keeping me out. So, um, yeah, all the girls are doing all the work and I'm just taking credit for it on the podcast. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that for you. Um, but, hey, do what you can, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm official, not a, official Sharks photographer, so when I can make the games, I take photos on the sidelines. So, yeah, quite fun. <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, my local footy on the weekend, we played against the top team, um, who is our rival, Mount Lofty. I play for Mount Barker. We, every time we face off, we call it the Battle of the Mounts. 
um, because when we when we entered um, footy for the first year, we were the only two teams in the competition. We were actually in a different league. And now there's been so much excitement built up um, around women's footy that um, we've had to join this new league that's actually the local one. Um, so that was really cool. Um, unfortunately, we went down by 11 points, um, but we only had 18 players and they had the maximum bench. COVID's hit our team a bit um, over the last couple of weeks. So um, that was tough. It was a home ground advantage for them as well. Um, and we were held like scoreless for the first quarter, which is probably the first time in our history. And then, um, yeah, then we sort of, you know, chipped away at it. They got ahead quite well. They have a few Sanford W players in their team. Um, but in the last quarter, we made a comeback. It was 25 points their lead at three quarter time. And then, yeah, we made a comeback. And I reckon if we had five more minutes, we would have won the game. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, but yeah, I think we're sitting third. So yeah, doing all right, doing all right. So go you ruse. But let's get on to the last segment, um, which is our favorite. Nope, it's our second favorite. We lied. Clang us and hang Quick fire tips. We all know the drill. I read out who's playing and where. You tell me who's gonna win. No justification whatsoever. Let's hit it. On Friday night, we have Collingwood versus the Doggies. Ellie, who's going to win? Doggies. I could have guessed that one. That was an easy one. Um, I will say Collingwood. First game on Saturday, we have Hawthorne versus Richmond at the MCG. Who's going to win? Uh, Richmond. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Um, sorry, Chad. Uh then we have North Melbourne versus Port Adelaide down in Tassie at Blundstone Arena. Port are on a roll, but North are quite good in Tassie. But I'm going to go Port. <laughs> I'm going Port as well. Safe bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> St Kilda versus Geelong at Marvel. St Kilda only because it's at Marvel. Oh. Uh, I'll go Geelong just because they're sitting higher on the ladder. Um, Sydney versus Essendon at the SCG for Dyson Heppel's 200th game. I'm going the upset. I'm going Essendon. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, and then over in Adelaide at the classic Adelaide over, we have the Crows versus the Lions. Who have you got? I've got the Lions. Yeah, me too. Sorry, Crom. Um, and then Sunday, we have the Gold Coast Suns, who have just beaten Sydney this weekend. What a game that was. Um, Gold Coast versus Frio at Metricon Stadium. I'm going Frio. I will go Gold Coast. <laughs> Let's go. Um, GWS versus Carlton at Giants Stadium. Carlton with no certainty whatsoever. It's <laughs> so weird tipping Carlton, isn't it? I know. <laughs> we're, we're nearly nine rounds in and I, uh, we're both going to tip Carlton. This is weird. Um, and to wrap up the round, we have West Coast versus Melbourne um, over at Optus Stadium. It is the bottom team versus the top team. Um, do we have to say who we're going to tip? <laughs> who have you got? Sorry, Vic. 
Uh, sorry, Beck, Melbourne. We all know why Beck hasn't been on this episode, and this <laughs> yeah. is the reason. Um, I am definitely going Melbourne, but wouldn't it be awesome to see West Coast get up? Yeah. Oh dear. Apparently, Beck's at work, but um, she, we all know she's hiding um yeah. from West Coast recent performances. <laughs> Bad luck, Beck. We're sorry. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. Yeah. Love you, Beck. Because our teams aren't that good either. No. <laughs> oh man. Well, any final words for uh fire out? I just called you back. Let's try that again. <laughs> so any uh, words, Ellie? Go dogs. Yeah, go the bombers. Let's go. Um, and also I'm terrified of Port's AFLW team already. Um yeah. that's for another episode though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us. This has been What The Ruck. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at What The Ruck Pod as part of the Edge of the Crowd Network. You can find us at Edge of the Crowd on Instagram and Twitter too. And of course, at our website, www.edgeofthecrowd.com. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.